listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. I'm your other co-host, Kenny Vandoren. You can also find my work on AstrosFuture.com and you can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. Today, we're going to take a look around the Astros system after two weeks in. But before we do that, we're joined by Astros pitching prospect, Jaden Murray. Jaden, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. So we'll, we'll just go ahead and get right into it. How was your first invite to Big League Camp this spring, and how did you feel coming out of it as you were preparing for the, the 2023 season? Um, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool phone call to get. Um, I was at work, and Miller actually called me, and it was. Uh, I was excited to go. You know, first free, first Big League Camp. Um, went in uh, probably in the best shape that I've been in uh, my whole career so far, and uh, I think everything went pretty good. You know, I was pretty happy on how. Spring training went, um, command was there, pitches were there, so I was pretty happy. Was there anyone that you you picked the brain of most while you were in spring? Any uh, any other major league guys or other or other minor league prospects? Um, some of the guys that I played in Corpus were there with me that I talked to quite a bit, but uh, I talked to Stanek quite a bit. Um, There's a couple other big league guys that I picked their their brains about, man. So. It was pretty fun just to be around them, you know, just experience that whole atmosphere with them after winning the World Series and all that. And sure. it was just, uh, it was really cool. You, you tossed eight scoreless innings in that great, uh, in your three great fruit league outings combined. Um, what was really just working so well? And what adjustments did you make to your arsenal when you look at kind of like some of the stat cast stuff? Some stuff comes a little bit different uh, this next year. Um, so I kind of just went into spring training, you know, just trying to fill up the zone. Let my pitches do the work. Um, they, uh, the Astros added a pitch for me, so I was pretty excited to get to use that. Still working on that, but it was good in spring training. And, yeah, I just went in saying just going into attack hitters and just let everything happen. So, it, What's that pitch that you added, and, you know, how is it uh, favoring against righties and lefties? Um, it's a curveball and it's mostly for lefties, left-handed hitters. So that's really the only time I'll throw it. But, uh, yeah, I started throwing it in spring training and, uh, trying to start throwing a little more in games now that I have a little bit more feel for it and it's getting there. It's, I really enjoy throwing it to lefties. So, so outside of that, that curveball, like what, what's your best secondary offering? Um, I'd probably say to righties, it's my slider and to lefties, it's, uh, my changeup. So. So looking back at the day that you were you were traded to the Astros, what was your initial reaction to the news? Uh, I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. It came on an off day, so I wasn't really expecting it. Just got a phone call in the middle of the day, and it's like, hey, uh, you got traded to the Astros. So I was like, cool. you know. So I just packed my stuff, and I left that next day. So it was definitely a quick turnaround, but it definitely came as a shock. I was not really expecting that. So how do you think – or how did the transition feel, you know, going to a new organization in the latter half of the season? Um, it was good. You know, you, you, you're joining a team that's been together for almost a whole year. So it was 
a little weird getting there at the end of the season. Um, but I mean, when I got to Corpus, those guys were pretty welcoming. I mean, it was pretty easy to make that transition and just kept going, you know, it's the same sport, just different group of guys and just try and fit in with the team and it wouldn't get so. You know, obviously you got traded to an organization that had been to uh, been to a bunch of uh, championship series, won the World Series last year. Did you make it out to any of the playoff games? I did not, unfortunately. Um, when you were traded at the time to the Astros, James Click was the general manager. Um, when you were drafted by the Rays, he was also in the front office for the Rays. Did you kind of learn maybe that you know, the Astros had some interest in you, especially from James Click's point of view when you landed here in Houston? Um. I honestly don't know how to really answer that. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Well, I mean, was there any, like, you know, the coaches, once you got here, did they tell you why, you know, like the Astros wanted to trade for you? Like what made, what interest them? Um, They just said they really liked the way I pitch and they just, they said they wanted me and they got me there. So it was, I was pretty happy about that. I mean, so you started the season uh, in AAA for your first time in your career after, you know, one start last year. What is the differences that you've noticed in uh, the difference in play between the PCL and, and uh, other leagues that you've played in so far? Um, I mean, I only had one AAA outing with the Rays in, in Gwinnett with Durham. But, like, I'd just say from the difference between the Rays and he, being in AAA now, like, I was in AA, now I'm in AAA. Now you're running into more guys that have some big league time. You know, and it's just it's just a different caliber of baseball, in my opinion. I mean, it's still the same game. Still got to throw the ball. Still got to throw strikes. Still got to get outs. But, I mean, there's a little bit more studying that goes into it. Some more hitters you got to be a little bit more careful about. It's kind of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you probably heard your name floated, you know, a couple times this offseason is that the Rule 5 was really circling and Astros had to move some 40-man guys. But uh, what did, like, the feelings going into that day, you know, just hearing maybe – like, you didn't hear your name put on the 40-man. Was it just kind of like a you know, surprise or, you know, what were those feelings? Um, I was honestly down in West Palm for strength camp during that. So it was just kind of just regular days. Um, not really a shock, just – I don't know. It, it is what it is. Uh, I don't have really much to say about it. I'm, I think I'm in a good spot right now, so I'm happy with the way it turned out. Was there any worry that, you know, possibly if you, you know, if you got selected by another team, would you have to like almost like restart with another organization or were you just kind of just going with the flow? Just kind of going with the flow. So just, so, uh, you know, the Rays and the Astros are both per, uh, pretty uh, analytically driven. Have you noticed any difference, though, between, you know, the Rays organization, the Astros organization, how you prepare for for a game or what how the pitching coaches are talking to you uh, between those two organizations? Um, I'd have to say it's almost the exact same. <laughs> like, they're very close with analytics and everything, the track mans, the heat maps and all that stuff. And, like, the way you scout the hitters before the games and everything, I'd have to say it's pretty, pretty close to the same exact so I would I would guess that makes the the transition from from the Rays to the Astros a lot easier, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going into you know you said you pitched in Corpus, you found like maybe a little group of guys you worked out with mainly this spring. But who have been like your your go to guys you've kind of like bounced ideas off of and talked you know after starts and outings since you've landed here with the Astros? Um, this season, it's, uh, I mean, we have ten starters here, so. There's quite a bit of talk during the game and the dugout and everything like that. So we're all bouncing ideas, watching the game, you know, like studying hitters. And it's just like um, 
I don't know, just this group, our group of starters, we're just really like staying focused in, in the dugout, talking about hitters and stuff like that. So something I was just thinking about before we got on, what's your, your pregame playlist? Like who are you turning on before you start um, to, to get you hyped for the game? Oh man, I'm not big on music. So I don't really, I'm not really, uh, that's not really a question for me, I guess. I, I'm whatever's playing in the locker room, I'll listen to. You know, I'm so just, if you were batting though, I'll say if you were batting and you had to choose a a walk up song, what do you what, what would you go with? Ooh, see, I don't even have a walkout song right now. I'm still <laughs> up in the air. I'm trying to find one, so I would really can't answer that. It'd probably be like a country song, some like Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, or something like that. You're a product of uh, Dixie State baseball, and you know before that you before you joined the Astro system, I didn't know what Utah Tech was. I didn't know what Dixie State was, um, but when you pitched there, it was Dixie State. What was your, like your kind of initial reaction when you found out your your alma mater changed names to Southern Utah or Utah Tech. Apologies. Um, I think they were talking about it quite a bit before we left. So I knew it was probably going to happen. And it is what it is. They went to a D1 school. So happy for them. You know, Utah Tech was probably a little more fitting for a D1 school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean. So this spring, you got to you got the opportunity to face uh, Team Venezuela in an exhibition game. What was that opportunity uh, for you like to, to face a, a WBC team in uh, in spring? Uh, that was an incredible experience. May not have went the way I wanted it to, but man, was there was there a lot of stuff that I took out of that game? I mean, just from the caliber of hitters that they had on their team, that lineup was incredible, and just like the fans, like it was just a whole different experience for me. And I, it, it was awesome. I loved every second of it, and I learned a lot from that game. Going back um, to like your time with the Rays, like the early year, the early first couple seasons, maybe 2019. Um, your, your host mom at the time with the Princeton Rays was Debbie Croy, and I, I talked to her one time, and she spoke so highly about you and how much you like. Um, gave back to her grandkids and just to her. Uh, what did that kind of support from her, you know, feel like early on in your career? Man, she's awesome. I have a lot to thank to her. And I mean, in Princeton, that was just such a great experience. And <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, she just helped us out so much. There was me and my roommate and she would come pick up our laundry and help us, you know, try and cook for us give us food she was always at the games supporting us she's always there supporting us on social media still you know so it's just really awesome and i i miss those guys so yeah i'm gonna have to probably call her here soon <laughs> so i was looking while. you went to high school in utah did you grow like were you born and raised in utah yes sir born and raised in bernal utah so, so did you do a lot of like skiing and snowboarding growing up um, a little bit of snowboarding growing up, um, didn't ski, a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing, a lot of outdoors. So is that, is that something that like teams restrict you from doing? They're like, Hey, you know, in the off season, you, we, you know, which, I mean, I guess in the winter you go back home, we don't really want you getting on a snowboard. We want you getting hurt. Is that something they try to prevent you from doing? Um, I really haven't been told that, but I don't go for that yeah. reason. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not really trying to risk anything. So no, I probably, I stay off the, the, the ski resorts quite a bit. Like I don't ever, I get asked to go and I'm like, eh, yeah, better not. So I, tell <laughs> well, I can say from, go. from experience, I got to say, I think Utah's a pretty underrated state. I, I go uh, pretty much every winter. I've been like seven or eight times and I, I have a blast. So underrated state. Yeah, sir. I'd have to agree. Speaking of the off season, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how you, um, it's something about a, a job this off season, you know, on top of uh, preparing for spring training, what else have you been doing, especially like during your minor league career? 
like for work. Yeah. Um, so this last off season, my uncle Blake, he owns an electrical company and for my, in my hometown and they do a lot of oil field stuff. So he, uh, he put me to work for the off season. <laughs> for it, so and I was helping him out a little bit and then, uh, spending time with family. That's about how this off season went. So. All right, Jaden, man. Well, I appreciate it. You know, uh, congrats on a, a good start to the season so far in Sugarland, And, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best for you the rest of the year. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for segment one. In the next segment, we're going to take a look around the Astros system after two full weeks of play, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, like we always ask, do us a favor. Go go drop us a review or uh, leave us some stars on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, Kenny, I just want to want to start. There's been some graduations, um, even though we're only a few weeks in the season. There's been some graduations on the Astros top prospect list. So go ahead and, uh, and talk about those, will you? Yeah, Hunter Brown, Yiner Diaz, two guys that saw action last September, uh, Yiner Diaz, Graduated a little bit later than Hunter Brown because he got option there at the end of the season for Jake Myers, getting some more at-bats before the postseason. Uh, both of them graduated in the last two weeks, which means they reached their rookie limits, um, which is 45 days on the major league roster. So those two guys are, you know, graduated from your top 35, Jimmy. So this is really what my, you know, my thought is we know Drew Gilbert be the guy moving up to number one on your top 35, but who are two guys that maybe could sneak in the back end? Yeah, I need I need to go look at the list again, but I know uh, you know it'll be pipeline put Miguel Palma in there, a catcher at the back end there. Um, you know, good defensively, young, struggling with the bat a little bit early on, but then you know, really you look at the way the season's going, and we're going to talk about a couple of these guys. But a guy like Zach Cole, an outfielder who's got a very high potential, good pop. We saw some of the deep home runs he had, uh, good speed on the bases. Zach Daniels, another guy that made it on there. That's that's just full of talent. You know, good power, good speed. Those are a couple guys that will probably end up on the back end when I update it. Another guy that really came to my mind um, was Colin Price. I think Colin Price could definitely move in the back um, couple spots there for you, especially with Corey Jolks likely graduating in the next month. So I think Colin Price playing a lot more first base, even played some more outfield this spring on the backfields, um, showed some great pop at the plate, especially in that 6-6 frame. So another guy that could just be breaking his way into the top 35, top 30 um, as the high A season goes on. Yeah, and, and I mean, that that's a good option, too. I was looking at another one just now, Shea Whitcomb. We'll talk about him when we get down to double A. But, you know, he's only 24 years old. He's repeating double A, struggled a little bit last year. He's off to a really good start this year, has some power, some uh, some speed as well. So uh, a few guys that could end up sneaking on. But, Kenny, we'll go ahead and jump down to tri- uh, AAA Sugarland. I got to go look at their overall record. I didn't write it down. I know it's not great. I think it's like four and seven, four and eight, something like that, four and nine. It hasn't been great. Uh, but there has been some bright spots. And we'll start off with J.P. France. On Sunday, he had a, a phenomenal outing, five no-hit innings, didn't allow any runs, struck out seven. The velocity is 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 at like a career high. I mean, I think he was in 96.6 was the highest we saw. And then his cutter was was awesome on Sunday. Generated a lot of swings and misses, didn't really get hit hard. I mean, it was just a, a really good outing. And, and looking like a guy who probably deserves an opportunity at some point this year to pitch in the Astros bullpen. Well, certainly, and we saw him move to that uh, move to the bullpen there late in Sugarland last year. We talked about that within this offseason, just looking for an opportunity to see if he can break into um, the Astros roster and possibly be a postseason guy, especially with you know his stuff plus, which is one of the more new stats in baseball. Fangrass recently picked it up. Um, he's one of the top pitchers in stuff plus um, in the AAA West, which is incredible for a guy who's you know 
pushing 30 almost. And right. as one of the, one of the older prospects isn't really on some of these top rankings just because he's a little bit older. Um, and he's been looking really great. And uh, the record for the space Cowboys right now is five and nine. There's been some close contests some blowouts and that's just what the PCL is. You know, we're going right. to see a lot of these games and we can, we'll bring that up here and there. But yeah, uh, Sean Dubin had a, a really good outing as well. And no hit outing. I think he's pitched twice and one wasn't so great. One was awesome. Um, so nice to see those guys kind of get it turned around. Cause even going into last year, those were a couple guys that I thought had an opportunity to help in the Astros pin. And, you know, Dubin struggled a little bit, struggled to stay healthy. So hopefully he's healthy and he can get it going. Uh, J.J. Batajevic has been tearing it up at AAA. He got four home runs. A- at this point, he seems like, you know, death piece for, uh, a depth piece for the Astros. Play a little bit of first base, a little bit of corner outfield. Um, but there's another pitcher in AAA who's actually off to a really good start. Really good to see. But I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about that, Kenny. Yeah, speaking of staying healthy with Dubin, uh, Forrest Whitley. Um, through two outings already this season, one of those being a start. Um, he's going to piggyback on Tuesday behind Yair Solis. He's totaled eight innings over those two outings. He's allowed just one run, and that one run is a home run. He's had t- given up two hits. He's uh, nicked two batters, walked three, but he has 11 strikeouts, 11 strikeouts in eight innings. Everything looks to be on track, and we, we talked about this on Twitter a little bit, you and I did, uh, Jimmy, but that slider didn't look well in his last outing, was kind of getting pummeled, um, no swing and misses. But the you know secondary pitches, the changeup, um, you know sinker looked good, the fastball looked good. You know, all these other pitches were just working so well. Even when his best off-speed pitch, you know, wasn't um, you know sw- missing bats, everything else worked for him, and that's the best thing you can see out of Force Whitley. Yeah, and the the velocity's good. He's holding that velocity, you know, deeper into game, so it's good to see. Um, I mean, if he continues this, obviously he's going to make his debut at some point this year, which would be which would be really nice to see. But you know, the Astros, I mean. We, the, the, the pin is logging a lot of innings right now. They're going to end up needing some fresh arms eventually, and, and it looks like there's a few in AAA that, that could definitely help out. Yeah, we just, you know, Jaden Murray was just on the podcast, and he just mentioned, you know, there's like 10, 10 group of starters here, and, you know, we're bouncing ideas left and right, and there's so many options here. Another guy, Austin Hansen, coming off Tommy John surgery. He was the opening day starter for the Space Cowboys this year. Struggled a little bit in the last couple outings, but that first one looked good. Command was you know a bit shaky, but um, mm-hmm. good to see him back on track, too. All right, I know there's a couple uh, couple transactions you want to cover real quick at the Sugarland level. Yeah, the one thing I would just point out real quick about, you know, we haven't seen much of like consistent offense just yet from the Space Cowboys. Some guys still adjusting to the AAA uh, pitching as a lot of the guys come up from the hooks this last year. Greg Kessinger has been uh, looked good to start, um, kind of got into a, a little bit of a rut um, last week. Um, another guy, Brian Arias. Um, who's played some first base, missed some time with kind of like an undisclosed matter, left with a hamstring injury the other day. I will mention that double that he left with a hamstring injury on was 113 miles Ooh. per hour off the bat. Second hardest hit ball in AAA that day. And I mean, this guy, we t- we talked with Jose Puentes, who used to be a hitting mm-hmm. coach in the Astros system. He was uh, Brian Arias's hitting coach this offseason. He said, watch out for the exit velocity. You're going to see it if he goes yeah. to AAA, and it's, it's on display right now. Um, but speaking of some transactions, Brandon Rice didn't get put on the seven-day injured list. Um, still probably trying to get back from that um, hamstring uh, ailment. But Austin Davis went on the temporary inactive list, with, which brought an opportunity for Devin Kahn to come up for a little bit of a short stay in Sugarland, but he got sent back down to AA. Um, AJJ Matijevich went on the injured list after leaving a game on Friday uh, late, and he got put on the injured list. Same with Marty Costas, which was a, uh, about two weeks ago. Michael Sandel, though. 
Um, that's like the big name coming up from high A. Wasn't seeing a lot of time. I mean, high A is loaded with outfield options. Mm-hmm. Fido, Gilbert, Melton, Cerny. He's not going to see much you know, starting time. He only had two games behind him when he was in high A. So this is you know, a short-term kind of thing with Matijevic battling some small injury, and it just opens up for some playing time for Michael Sandel. Yeah, and, and you know, that, a good opportunity for him. He can go to AAA and perform well. It'll, it'll uh, definitely help his cause. Uh, we'll go down to Corpus. They're three and six right now, but the story's kind of been the offense has been great. The pitching has, has been not so great. The offense had a few breakout games, but I think the one guy that's really turned heads to this point has been Will Wagner. And um, we talked to him on here. He had a phenomenal uh, Arizona Fall League, had a really good spring training, finished the season strong last year. Um, and he's picked up right where he left off. He, he's hitting 429, two doubles, two homers, six RBIs, was five for five on Sunday, only three strikeouts in five games. I mean, he's doing everything you want to see right now, driving the ball, uh, showing the added power, you know, drawing walks. Um, just just a really good start for Will. Oh, most definitely. And we, we know that he had like a little small hiccup in his um, at the beginning of the season, didn't start some of those games. And we're still seeing him some time at second base as well. Um, we talked to him about, you know, he has that arm strength to play third base and he proved mm-hmm. it to the Astros after playing mostly second base in his college career. So everything is kind of looking good for him. And he made a good impression in spring training as well. Yeah. And speaking of uh, outfitters that were, you know, maybe get an opportunity at the AAA level, Scott Schreiber has got three homers, nine RBIs already in uh, in double A. He's 27, so his opportunity in AAA is probably going to come pretty soon. But uh, another guy who's hitting the ball uh, very well in AA. Um, unfortunately, on the pitching side, you know, a guy that we were really excited about, it's only a couple starts, but Spencer Arigetti struggled a little bit. Uh, at this point, I think he's he's allowed, uh, let's see, he's allowed 11 earned runs and six two-thirds. Does have 10 strikeouts, but um, just hasn't been as sharp through the first two outings. But hopefully he'll get that turned around. Looking at another guy offensively that's you know showing a lot of power, kind of like Scott Schreiber has. I mean, Scott Schreiber might have one of the best power um, strokes in the upper levels for the Astros. Um, but Quincy Hamilton, I mean, he's just poking the ball. He's slashing it really well. Almost looks like a younger Michael Brantley with some of these line drives he's putting on display. Um, through seven games this season, though, he has nine hits. Five of them are doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, so five extra base hits through in those first nine hits for Quincy Hamilton. And he's put... You know, he's put some good glove work in the outfield as well. Kind of a bigger guy, kind of a bulkier guy. So you might not see him in center field a lot, but maybe in those corner outfield spots. And when we saw some diving plays from him. Um, another guy that's really shown out, you know, we mentioned Shea Whitcomb. I mean, Shea Whitcomb uh, looks a little bit more consistent at the plate, 323 yep. average, 1092 OPS through eight games. And um, another infield mate for him on the left side, Chad Stevens. I mean, both those guys um, kind of struggled in their own rights a little bit with some minor things last season, really kind of figuring it out early on. I'm only concerned so far for Chad Stevens are those 14 strikeouts through eight games, but uh, put hitting the ball well with 963 OPS in eight games. Yeah, we'll go down to uh, to Asheville. They're they're sitting at three and four, which is pretty good when you look at the overall offense. They're hitting two fourteen as a team, but um, that's not to say nobody's performing in there. You know, we got Drew Gilbert who's making his uh, his full season debut. Astros start him out in high. He's hitting three twenty, only one double so far, only one extra base hit through six games. Uh, does have three walks and a stolen base, hitting three twenty. Uh, but then a guy like Kennedy Corona, a guy we were really excited about after what he did last year, hitting three sixty, two homers, four RBIs. Um, and, and a really good start to the season for him offensively. I've enjoyed some of these defensive plays as well. We mentioned earlier that Palma's one of the better receivers, one of the better framers in the Astro system. I mean, he made it a small error on like a little pop-up, but he yeah. made the diving catch. He responded well with it. He posted yep. on his Instagram if anyone wants to go see it. Um, Colin Price, who I mentioned earlier, seeing time at first base, beat out a runner on a really slow hit ground ball, you know, fast runner for high A um, 
the high affiliate of the Red Sox. And, you know, he's looked good there as well. Um, and then Drew Gilbert had an absolute laser thrown from right field to third base to try to get a runner. Um, not the best look from Freitas Nova, who's one of the better um, defensive um, third baseman shortstop in the system who fielded it, but didn't get the best play on it. But um, we've seen some good defense from those guys. Yeah, and there's there's been some decent pitching performances, and that's what's kind of carried him to the three and four record. Has been a cut. The overall ERA doesn't look great, but the, a couple of the performances have been good. But Edinson Bautista, a guy we were excited about, uh, first it, first start didn't go so well. Second outing uh, went five innings, gave it two runs, struck out seven, and then uh, Ray and DePaula, um, you know, two years ago looked like a guy lefty out that would be coming out of the pen that the Astros maybe could count on eventually. Um, went through some injuries. I don't remember to the extent of, uh, of the injuries, but his one outing so far this year, he went four and two thirds, didn't give up a run, struck out 10. Just nasty from the left side, real unique arm angle, uh, very tough to pick up. He's throwing the wiffle balls out there on some of those breaking pitches, and it just looks unfair sometimes um, for those arm slots that he's coming from. Missed all of last season. Another guy missed all of last season in a similar spot was Freitas Nova. I mentioned a little bit there the hiccup on defensively, but um, hit a grand slam late in the contest the other night. Um, or big home run, sorry, not a grand slam. Nero Rodriguez hit that grand slam, but overall, he looks like he's piecing it together offensively early on, and that's the best thing that you can see from him. Guy who used to be a top prospect in the system. For sure, and he's still still young enough to to have you know time to uh, to get it going. So definitely good to see. We'll go to Fayetteville though. They're the ones that are uh, you know it's been a little bleak to this point with the records. But Fayetteville six and two could have been seven and one. Unfortunately, kind of blew the game late on Sunday. But six and two, and man, it's been all over. It's been offense. It's been pitching. They they played some really really good baseball at this point. One of the main guys leading the way on offense is Ryan Clifford, Astros' 11th round pick from last year, had the big bonus. We were really excited to see what he was going to do in full season ball at 19 and started well, hitting 357. He's got an on-base percentage of 550. He's drawn nine walks and been hit by pitch three times in eight games, which is incredible. Also has seven RBIs, had a home run that he absolutely crushed, uh, kind of pimped it. It looked really looked really nice, but uh, really couldn't imagine probably a better start for a 19-year-old in full season ball. Most certainly, another even more guys from that draft class: um, Trey Dombrowski, Joey Mancini, Michael Knorr. I mean, even Andrew Taylor got a little bit roughed up there in the on the back end of his start. I mean, we're seeing good outings from these guys drafted yeah. last year. We didn't get to see them fast track to Fayetteville. Most of them, even Nolan Devos, who saw action in Fayetteville last year, and you and I, we've talked about it. We think he should be in high A sooner than later. Um, but there, there's a lot of good arms clicking down there. And it just feels like this team is so much fun. Even guys like Jose Nadal, Jose Fleury, who pitched in the FCL and the DSL last year, um, they're getting looks up here. And this team isn't loaded with guys in the top 10 and the top 15 on the prospect looks. And they're just proving us wrong. I mean, we talked about it. It's like, oh, this team doesn't look as deep. You know, maybe they'll have some injury issues and um, depth issues here and there. But, I mean, they're just fun to watch. Ricky Rivera in his first year as the manager, I mean, he's kind of setting a tone with these guys. You know, there's – you know, managers might not have, you know, the full power of I mean, like how these guys develop, but he's building this culture and, he, you know, he's building something with these guys and there's a lot of swagger on this team. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're having fun early on. Yeah. They got a 932 OPS as a team. And then, or, you know, uh, the pitching staff has a 296 ERA. So they, they've been good on both sides of the ball. Another guy offensively that has kind of stood out though, if I'm saying it right, Narbe, Narby Cruz, a uh, mm-hmm. Cuban free agent, the Astros signed 22 years old. I really don't know a lot about him, but Hitting 273, but he's drawn seven walks, has drove in eight runs in just six games. Um, and then a guy we talked about at the beginning of the season, we were excited to see just once again because it was a guy who missed all of last season, but Kobe Kato. Uh, he, 
It's crazy. You look at his line. He's, he's played in five games. He has six walks, no strikeouts, and he's hitting 600. He's six for 10 with six walks, a 750 on base percentage, has a double, already has three stolen bases. He's doing exactly what we know he can do. He draws walks, he doesn't strike out, and he gets on base and can steal some bases. A really good start for him. He's 24, so I'd like to see him kind of get that opportunity in Asheville you know, sooner rather than later, um, but really good start for him this year. The last guy I just want to point out is Justin Williams. I mean, he struggled offensively. He was struggling with the strikeouts last year. He's played in four games this year. No strikeouts as well, just like Kobe Kato. Three walks. He is batting 500. So he has eight hits, two doubles, two triples. That's a 1454 OPS. I mean, the guy is really just getting off to a hot start here. 17th round pick in 2021. You know, not always set, you know, to rise so fast in the system, but definitely just another you know, depth option going forward um, for high A, even double A next year. Yeah, definitely. I know there was a, there was one interesting transaction. I mean, there's a few, but there was one that really stood out uh, with the Woodpeckers this week. But I'm going to let you go and talk about that one, Kenny. Yeah, I wrote a, wrote a short article with Dari Carrasco, former um, – Shortstop in the Astros system signed for six figures back in 2016. Was supposed to be a you know a big move for the Astros. Great defensively, good arm, um, but he is now a right-handed pitcher in the Astros system. Came in relief a couple times this past week for the Woodpeckers, and you know he looked good. I mean he looked sharp. Um, didn't allow any runs. Got into got himself out of jams. Was striking out batters, and a guy who's pitching his first year looks good, and he's. He looks like Marcus Stroman. I mean, he even said yeah. it to me. He was like, wow, I look like Stroman. That article okay. is on AstrosFuture.com. You can read more about it there. So we'll go to the best thing we learned. I'm going to go first because yours is really good, so I'm going to save yours for last. But Zach Cole, he, he had a go-ahead grand slam, I think was on Friday or Saturday. I have to go mm-hmm. look. Um, awesome game. You know, the, the, the Woodpeckers have been battling uh, Friday, Saturday. Good comebacks. Big time grand slam. He pimped it. It was uh, it was phenomenal to see. But on the call, they said that it was on the fly. Hit the train tracks. There's a train track that goes behind right field. Uh, and Andrew Chapman, who's been the the you know uh, the 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 voice of the Woodpeckers for the last few years, said that's the first time he's ever seen the ball hit you know hit there on the fly. And there's been some good power hitters to come through come through Fayetteville. So for Zach Gold to do it is pretty impressive. Called him the left-handed Logan Cerny, and you can definitely yeah. see it, especially with some of those other tools he's flashing. And shout out that broadcast crew, too. I mean, they're doing an incredible oh, yeah. job here early on. Um, best thing I learned this week, Herbert Garcia, a former Royals prospect, signed with the Astros officially today. His older brother is Luis Garcia, and they pitched the exact same. Herbert kind of struggled in single A for the Royals early on. I posted a video on Twitter if you want to go check that out. Um, matching up, they both kind of did the rock the baby early on so they're going to probably look the exact same on the mound but herbert mm-hmm. garcia, garcia is now an astro all right well that's all i got kenny unless you got anything else that's it all right guys well uh, that's gonna do it for today's episode so if you haven't already done so please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify wherever you listen to your podcast as always thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the astros future podcast covering your astros in the minor league system